today? Um, good. Did you have a good day at work? I I did kind did you, of. Did you have a nice hearty lunch? Yeah, I did on my way here. Yeah, as I ate it driving down the highway, which isn't safe, but it's fine. Well, I mean, it depends. It, it can be doable. Was it like you no know, a McDouble from McDonald's, or was it like chili cheese fries? Oh, it was soup. Yeah, <laughs> cereal. It was actually pancakes. <laughs> I have seen people do that. On my the lunch highway. was at Speedway, like, where I just bought a box of Lucky Charms and a gallon of milk and just made my cereal on the way here. <laughs> yeah, God, that's a recipe for destruction. Yeah, it is. You, when I was used to go like to and from Louisville all the time, I saw so many people do so much stupid shit, like people doing their makeup <laughs> in the car, all that kind of shit. I'm like, you people are gonna kill everybody. I saw a guy shaving once. Yeah, while driving. Yep. Yeah, I, I've seen people do that, and I hear people doing or hear about people doing that. I guess it's a lot more common than I thought. Uh, my day started off kind of scary. I. Uh, Walked out my front door, about ready to get into my car to go to work at 3.30 this morning. Mm-hmm. And as I'm about ready to step off my little porch, I hear like crunchy leaves. And I'm like, something's coming up around me. What the fuck? So I look and I see this little object coming at me. I'm like, oh, it's that cat. Because there's a black cat that runs around and... I think it's Cheese's girlfriend because they constantly like get on either side of the window <laughs> and then they'll like scratch at each other and whatnot. I'm like, oh, this is so cute. Well, as I got closer, I noticed that the cat was black and white. Uh-oh. And then it was not a cat. It was a skunk. <laughs> and so I'm not going to lie, but I ran back inside and just shut the door and I looked out the little window at it. I'm like, if I got sprayed, <laughs> I don't know what I would do. I'd probably just get in my car and then drive it into the house. I'm so mad and just <laughs> <laughs> fuck, fuck. Not only Mike rolled up, but everyone else is around me. But uh, no, he was a skunk. He was cute though. And as he went by, or she, I don't know. I don't know what the gender was of the skunk, and I didn't care to find out. But uh, went back outside. It was all safe. He was just on his way. She, it, whatever. So it was, it was okay. It was okay. My my day got better from that moment. Well, that's good. I was off yesterday, worked today, and then I'm off the next two days. So you know, pretty happy about that. And I honestly prefer having like my off days kind of split throughout the week instead of back to back. Yeah, speaking I, personally, but yeah, I've never had that myself. But I feel like that would be nice. Yeah, especially if it's like how like right now I have a lot of Wednesdays off, so it's like right in the middle of the week. Yeah, that's that, that separates it pretty nicely. Yeah, because I've always thought that because like I found out that uh, humans, for example, they're not supposed to just sleep like a constant eight hours every night. Yeah, apparently you're supposed to nap a little bit here and there just throughout the day. And that's what that kind of reminds me of. Instead of just working and then having just a set time off every week. Oh, yeah. If you have that standard eight to five job kind of deal. Yep. Or nine to five, whatever they say. But uh, yeah, to have a couple days and then like a Wednesday off and a couple more days and then like Friday off and yada, yada, yada. I'm like, "Eh, that sounds kind of nice. Sounds tolerable. Anyways, welcome back to The Farthest Reaches. I'm your host, Josh. That's Matt. Why'd you make that face? Because you said The Farthest Reaches. Oh, fuck. Oh. <laughs> that's staying in so yeah how's you your do. how's your day going i'm i'm confused sorry i forgot which podcast we were recording first anyway this is the dissector's cut i don't know i, I like how i didn't even catch it i was just like why'd you make the weird face what's mm-hmm. going on <laughs> the, the, listen we the, do two podcasts mm-hmm. and my brain gets confused yeah, so give us a break. But I sector Scott. That's the podcast. <laughs> yeah, we're that's on. this TDC. podcast. Okay, okay. That's uh, my baby of a podcast, and I fucked it up. I'm sorry. So uh, I I hear um you got some pretty cool thing in the mail the other day. <laughs> oh yeah, 
my mm-hmm. Godzilla uh, Showa era collection mm-hmm. of 15 films. 15 films. I think the first 15 films. I think so, from what I could tell. But yeah, God, that thing was way bigger than I anticipated. Uh, yeah, it's like the size of like literally a book. It's like yeah. the size of one of these books over here, like the Egyptology, Wizardology book. Yeah, it's fucking huge. Like, well, like I told you off the recording, like I expected it to be like the size of a DVD or a Blu-ray case, but like thicker, like how they do like the seasons. Yeah. And I pulled up to my house and the package is sitting on my porch. And I'm like, well, why is it, why do I have a big box? I didn't <laughs> buy anything that should be coming in a big box. So I opened it and I was like, man, but I was like, before I opened it, I was like, I bet the assholes at Amazon just through a small little DVD in yep, a big ass box because yep. I know I've ha- it's happened before, but no, it ended up being like an art book that has a fuck or like a book has a shit ton of art and then all fifteen films on like the back co- inside cover. Are those films like all Blu-ray? Yes, that's so nice. Yes, my film's not. My film is not <laughs> Blu-ray that I got. I could tell just I mean just by that cover alone. Okay, so. In one of the past episodes, I mentioned Movie Buffs Forever. Mm-hmm. I think I think is the website, um, and how I found a bunch of like Godzilla movies that were very cheap compared to like Amazon and everywhere else. That's like hundred dollars and whatnot. But it showed like you know it was a DVD and it had like the runtime, the year it came out. And I'm like, oh maybe. So Matthew went ahead and bought for seventeen dollars a Godzilla film. And let me just say. It is not at all what it seems to be. Um, <laughs> I mean, it is the actual film. It is the film, a horrible, like, a what? VHS to DVD it conversion? Is, it is a it, very bad transfer. It is horribly pixelated, I think. Uh, my wife doesn't think so. I mean, it's still watchable. It's not like it's awful. I mean, you are watching a, a DVD copy. Yeah, and the, the cover is just one... They printed this off. <laughs> they had to have printed that off themselves. On the back cover, there's nothing there. It's just like three random Godzilla images that they just literally cropped into each other. Yeah. There's there's no names of the actors or you know the company that owns it, uh, which I'm sure at this time was still Toho Company. Uh, yeah, so I don't know what the hell their deal is and why they did it. And of course, the DVD is not in there. It's in my PS4, but should have seen the DVD cover. You can tell it was one of those like blanks, and then they had the the machine that puts like the paper top over top of it, or oh, like they, they do their really? own. Yeah, and it was Godzilla, but it had writing on it too. But the writing was half cut off. I'm just like these motherfuckers didn't even try. So if you want a good enough version to, to of a movie that you're looking for that you want to watch like you don't really care too much on quality you can do movie buffs forever but if you're looking for the actual like dvd case and everything that came with it one that's authentic exactly if you're looking for one that's authentic do i mean you know these may there. yeah i mean these also may be authentic but just very uh poorly done dude when i opened this up i didn't know what the hell to expect to be honest <laughs> i don't know what i was getting into i thought maybe i was going to see a bunch of people like i don't know in clown outfits behind a carl jr is just jerking off on each other like i don't i don't know <laughs> if i was really going to see godzilla or not but uh thank god i did thank god i did godzilla 1985 i've actually never heard of that one it's actually um uh, da, 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 might be the re- the return of godzilla i think because like i think after the showa era well the showa era uh there was a break and then it started a new era and i can't remember the name of this era but this was the first film that started it mm. um he has a new design because if you want to, if you want to watch how he looks in like Godzilla versus King Kong with that goofy fucking face or whatever <laughs> TikTok you were showing me, yeah, he looks a lot better in this one. Yeah, yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, that's just my update in the film world. I finally decided <laughs> to buy a DVD, and this is what I get. Well, I'm much happier with my purchase. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you are. I really, I really bet you are. I saved more money, though. Uh, well, you to know. buy more shitty DVDs. Yeah, but you, I got fifteen very nice quality films yes. plus an art book for my money. So yes, you did. I'm jealous. I'm actually. happier with my my choices. All right. Speaking all right, of I'll TikTok, let's should we do our social media? Nope. Oh, okay. Well, fuck our social media. <laughs> <laughs> do it, Josh. I you, don't know it. You you, you, you you know it offhand better than I do. All right. The Dissectors <laughs> Cut on Facebook Cheer and job. Instagram, and TDC Pod Official is on Twitter. And of course, we are on TikTok as well, as I believe just the dissectors cut. Yep, which I'm I've actually made more videos for. No way! Yep. I have like six videos up there now on both uh, that podcast or that that one and uh, the fight the shooters. Hmm. I'm wondering, are you lying to me? Are nope. you just that good of a liar? Let's That's look. How liar. many videos do I have? He's like <laughs> four. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's where you can reach us at, uh, that I sectors cut podcast at gmail.com as well. If you have Ooh, any six videos, look at that shit. Whoa. Oh, six videos. Oh, and then wow. let's, let's go to the farthest reaches. I have six videos for that too. Son of Motherfucker. A I told bitch. you I was trying to get working on it. Oh, I will say something. I will say the algorithm is fucking weird and I've been trying to play with it. I still don't fucking understand it, but Hey, really? What? Our highest video has. Two views. 594 views. Yeah, actually, someone started following us the other day, and I was like, I don't know who you are, so that's a good sign. Yep. <laughs> now, if they'll actually listen to the podcast, who the fuck knows? They fucking better. If you're listening to this, hi. I did do an advertisement video on there where I'm like, hey, if you like this, this, and this, check out us. <laughs> ah, cool, cool. Self-promotion. I, I like it. I like it. Yeah, you know, I'm trying. Why not? I don't, I don't know if it's going to do anything, but It doesn't hey, hurt. Who knows? I will it, say, the horror, the horror hashtags are doing far better than the paranormal hashtags apparently people on tiktok just prefer movies over paranormal because those videos or maybe they just prefer shit. horror over paranormal because tiktok is very scary the shit you see on there it can be like people that will sing a country song holding their dead baby it's terrifying i'm, I'm not kidding i haven't seen that one it's like i think it's stillborn and they're just holding it, lying in bed, and like the husband's like reaching down, you know, getting his face in the camera, and they're just singing some, no, I don't know, fucking country song, I, something about beer and tractors and tear, Z. maybe hay, maybe hay's in there, I don't know, whatever well, they well, do. Hey, it's a touching. Hey, moment see for right that. there. Hey, there you go. <laughs> see, you're on your way, kid. Okay, so what are we talking about today? Today we are talking about the Wolfman. I 1941. Thought, I thought about doing man. that, but I was like, nah, I'm not going to be dumb. I don't want to be stupid. Bastard. Bastard. Why'd you let me do it? Because I need someone that's more dumb and stupid to do it. That's fair. <laughs> he accepts it. He yes, accepts it. Yes, the Wolfman. We are finally on to the last two episodes for our Universal Monster series. One more after this. Yep. And then everyone has a big sigh of relief. Oh, thank God. Yeah, and then we finally get to watch movies with color. <laughs> oh my God, you're right. I almost forget what that's like. Well, you were watching a movie with color today. You can call it whatever you want. <laughs> There's pixelated color, but... it, Yeah, sure. It was... I don't know. Fuckers. <laughs> I'm going to go buy a different copy now. I'm not going to have that copy. <laughs> I'm going to fucking chuck that out the window. I'm going to give it to the mailman. I'm like, I don't care what you did with this. I don't care if you give it to the person next to me right over here, my neighbor. <laughs> Just get rid of it. Oh, God. So, The Wolfman, 1941, starring Lon Chaney. What did you think? I don't think it was fair of you to ask me that question while I was taking a drink of water. 
Um, okay, I gotta try and remember the whole thing. So, my wife was down here earlier, and I would say she was correct. Like the acting, the story was much more cohesive, much more rounded. Yeah, I think it was a lot better than uh, previous movies. But I mean, yeah. With that said, like the the main the main guy, the Wolfman, yeah, Lon Chaney uh, Jr. Yeah, <laughs> his. God damn, his character towards women was scaring me. Yeah, he's definitely very, uh, I don't know how to approach women. Uh, no, basically saying that, oh yeah, I've been watching you, been watching you try earrings on, it's pretty nice, they look good on you, and they're like, uh, how'd you know that? And then they're just kind of like, <laughs> oh, they just shrug it off, I'm like, nope, nope, yep. not, not nope. in today's world, I, no, it was weird, but I really did enjoy it, actually. As expected, all those movies have their little quirkiness. Oh, yeah. So I kind of just shrug it off to the side. I expect it now. Um, but I don't know. I thought the whole little, like, you know, the the, the gypsy kind of, um, I don't, I don't want to necessarily say it was a camp, but them too. Um, I mean, it was a, essentially a gypsy camp. In oh, wait. The no, there film. were others. Yeah. Because then there was a part where they were like, oh, there's a new wolf man. And they all started running away. So, yeah, it was an actual, yeah. like, encampment, like yep. a gypsy encampment. So, yeah, I, I like that idea. I don't know. It wasn't. I thought it was just going to be he was attacked by like a random wolf, like for no reason when I'm going into it because I obviously didn't know the stories. But the yeah. fact that it was um, obviously some other wolf man that we got to know a little bit yeah. prior, I thought was actually quite nice. And um, and I mean, this movie set a precedent for like the wolf man werewolf lore that oh, really? we still see today. Yeah, it's in, so in much, cinema, of yeah, course. Yeah, so much of it was inspired by this film here. Oh, okay, cool. Um, and I, th- I thought um, Lon Chaney's character handled the idea of what he was becoming pretty well. Yeah. Like, he didn't accept it right off the bat, but he wasn't someone that tried to play it off. And for some reason, I just had an image in my mind. Like, when you see, like, space movies and they do, like, a decontainment or decontainment yeah. kind of thing. Or, de- or no, I'm sorry, uh, depressurizing. Yeah. Depressurizing. And they're like, you know, if, if you feel dizzy or you have nosebleeds, let us know. And you have that one person that's like, touching their nose and it bleeds and they don't tell anybody and oh, whatnot. Yeah. Shit like that. Like, he didn't really do that too much. Like, he was really figuring out, like, is, is this really what's happening to me? And then, of course, the first solid, like, evidence, basically proof to him, w- w- to when it happened, he really was like, okay, this is it. This is how it's yep. going to be. So there wasn't too much finagling going on in that kind of realm when it came to, like, transformation. Yeah. Uh, which I, I, I kind of digged. Because I didn't like when people just shrug it off and think it's no big deal. It's like, God damn, dude, you're a bipedal wolf now and you're killing people. I mean, it's <laughs> right. kind of a big deal. Um, but no, I thought it was pretty cool. Good. I'm glad. But yeah, this film was uh, directed by George Wagner, uh, which for finally we have a director that hasn't been involved in any of the past films or anything like that. So. I think he did a good job. Yeah. And uh, Claude Rains. Oh, God. I love his, his character. His, this. his character was great. Yep. He... He definitely carries like this film very well as Sir John Talbot, who is the father of La- Lawrence or Larry Talbot, played by Lon Chaney Jr. Excellent job, Claude. Yep. You can't hear this. Uh, no, because he's dead. <laughs> Good job, Chinese. Good job. <laughs> Maybe do like one of those, uh, um, oh God, Twilight Zone episodes where like you get on the phone and the phone lines like, like cut but the phone line's like dangling over a grave and it's like zapping the gravestone and you're actually talking to the dead we could try i was gonna say we could do a seance i mean he's 
He plays the Seems Invisible Man, easier. so he we could just be like, oh, he's there. <laughs> <laughs> and people will never know if we're lying or not. Exactly. I love it. Even a man who is pure in heart and says his prayers by night may become a wolf yeah. when the wolf beams bloom and the autumn moon is bright. Yeah. I love that. Oh, I do too. And I love that they just constantly say it throughout. Yeah, now, I, I first heard it in Van Helsing. Of course. Yep. And Which it is changed in that film. It is. Yeah. Um, And I don't know because my past band, Hell Scorched Earth, plug in. Mm-hmm. Shameful plug in. <laughs> a, a shameful plug in for a band that is now dead. Uh, Hey. <laughs> Still hurts, <laughs> but we have a song. Me, Brandon. <laughs> we have a song called "Child of Moonlight," and it's about werewolves. And we use that prayer. And I, I don't know if we used the original or the Van Helsing one. That was the lead singer's choice. I don't know what he did, but now I think about that. I'm gonna listen to that song. You got this. <laughs> now, contrary to popular belief, this poem isn't an actual Eastern European saying like many claim. It was indeed made up by the film's writer Kurt Sidemak. Oh, really? Or Siadbek. His last name's a little odd. I didn't know that at all. I thought that was an actual prayer. Of, yeah, no, of, of he some, completely created or, it. Well, that was fucking sweet. Yeah. Okay, well, that's the coolest fucking part of this movie. Let's just stop here. Okay, well, okay, <laughs> goodbye, everybody. Thank you all for joining us. <laughs> Universal's Wolfman tells the tale of Larry Talbot returning to his ancestral home in Wales from America after the death of his brother. While visiting a camp to get through Fortune's Red, Larry and two gals that accompany him are attacked. Larry fends off the wolf, but gets bit during the fight. As a result, he turns into a werewolf, or the wolfman, if you will. And of course, after each full moon is when he changes. Mm-hmm. The wolfman is also one of three of the Universal's top tier monsters to not originate from a book. The other two being the mummy and the creature from the Black Lagoon. Mm-hmm. So obviously we know that fan of the opera, Dracula, Frankenstein, and the Invisible Man all had adaptations beforehand. Yep. After the success that was Bride of Frankenstein, Universal went on to create several original horror films along with sequels to their tentpole monster classics such as The Invisible Man Returns, Son of Frankenstein, and The Mummy's Hands. Between 1935 and 1941, when The Wolfman released, Universal had put out 14 different films in the horror genre. Many of these starred the likes of Bela Lugosi and Boris Karloff. Good. Which, of course, Bela also is in The Wolfman as Bela. <laughs> I was watching uh, Game Show Network. And um, uh, what show? I think it was called Masterminds, kind of like your basic like trivia uh, game. And one of them was like, I forget the exact question, but it talked about 1931 Dracula film. Mm-hmm. It was like the actor whose name also inspired like yada yada or something like that. And of course, me and Cassandra were like, Bella Lugosi. <laughs> and of course, that's what it was. And I was like, thank you, Josh. Hey, look yeah. at me. I'm doing good. Going, I didn't win anything, but hey. But still, it's nice that you knew that. It is. The, the effort is what counted. Yeah. It means the podcast Count Dracula. Is... Oh, you like that? I see what you did there. <laughs> Fuck yeah, I'm so cool. Yeah, Belly. 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 God damn it. <laughs> Bella appears in The Wolfman, and I just love that his character's name is Bella. They're like, oh, I know. Ah, it's whatever. <laughs> now, it's important to note, 41's The Wolfman wasn't their first werewolf film. In 1935, six years earlier, Universal released Werewolf of London, starring Henry Hole as the titular werewolf. This is also the film that inspired... Warren Zevon's 78 classic song with the same name. Hell yeah. Which a lot of people think it's American Werewolf in London, but no, it is Werewolf of London that inspired the song. Werewolf Be- of London. Because American Werewolf in London wasn't out at the time. Exactly. But I, I do, do I, love that movie. I do too. Ooh, but yeah. I do love that song as well. Mm-hmm. It's such a good song. Universal also held in their possession an unproduced script, also involving werewolves, that they were going to make 
using Boris Karloff, but that film never got made. What? Which I, I feel like Boris Karloff could play a good werewolf. I mean, he's got the size for it. Yeah, I would say. I want to see that script. I do too. Somebody show us that script. While Werewolf of London is a classic by itself, it would be outshined by Lon Chaney Jr.'s performance as the Wolfman. I personally believe a lot of it has to do with the makeup worn by Chaney. Both makeups were created by legend himself, Jack Pierce, who we've mentioned in every episode since Frankenstein. He's a good man. Essentially just the the creator of monsters oh, yeah. himself. Oh, yeah. Great work. Great work. Oh, absolutely. Five, five stars on Yelp. <laughs> yeah, no. I'm, I'm sure you'd appreciate it. Um, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Universal would hire German-American screenwriter Kirk Siodmik to write the script for their next monster creation. It was mentioned in the short documentary about the film, which can be all be found on the DVD and Blu-ray copies, that Siodmik took influences for the script from his time in Nazi Germany. Hmm. It mentions how he was living a normal life, which was thrown into chaos with the Nazi party when the Nazi party took over. Being from a Jewish family, he was on the run. The comparison being that Larry Talbot was a normal man living a normal life until his, until he's turned into a werewolf and his whole world is thrown into chaos. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. There was a, a other, there was another thing that I read or that they were talking about how the, um, in the film, you know, the next victims marked with the curse of the werewolf, the pentagram. Yes. And a lot of, uh, one of the other comparisons that people make through the film, like using the Nazi, um, inspiration is, you know, the Nazi parties, of course, knew their victims through the star David. So they've kind of made that comparison as well. Oh, okay. I see that now. That's actually pretty neat. Cause I was going to ask, I was like, how come I don't see that in any other type of werewolf film? Nothing marked it, like it appears in a couple different ones, not many. I mean, it's mentioned in uh, American Werewolf in London because, like, when they get to the slaughtered lamb, there's the pentagram on the wall, mm, yeah, but it's not heavily used much. Throughout. That was his creation, yeah, because of his experiences in Nazi Germany. Yep, wow, that's yeah. that's really cool to know. Not cool for him, I'm sure, but hey, no, no, but hey, he made it out, he did. And for that, I'll give you a round of applause right around this mic. Sounds like <laughs> sounds like 360. God, if people are listening to this with two headphones, I hope it goes from like one ear to the other. I hope their fucking head explodes because they don't know what's going on. Uh-oh. Oh, oh, yeah. but then we'll lose listeners. That's a bad idea. Yeah, don't do that. I'm sorry. I don't want to fucking pull the scanners on them. <laughs> uh, okay. Originally, Zadmek wrote the script as to never truly show the werewolf on screen. <gasps> it was written to where it wasn't fully clear if Talbot actually turned into a monster himself or if the transformation was all in his head. The studio thought the idea of Talbot actually transforming would be more appealing to the viewers. I agree. Siodmek reworked the script shortly after. I think it was good to keep with that. I do. And I mean, if you watch the film, you can tell that they kind of still played with that idea while, because, you know, uh, Lon Chaney Jr.'s characters constantly like struggling with the is this actually happening? Yeah, exactly. And then he's every asking all the like everybody like, do you believe in werewolves and all this? And everyone's just like, oh, you know, no, but could just be a crazy man. Um, I mean, yeah, to, to stay in the the realm of Universal Monsters and what they were doing, I think without a doubt that creature had to be had to have been shown. Oh yeah, I don't think it should have been off screen at all. But I do like that concept. Oh, yeah, I do, too. And, I mean, it, God, the, the makeup design that Jack Pierce came up with, is it's such an iconic look, and it works so well. Because, I mean, if you look, because, like, if you look at, obviously, 
Dracula look like Bela Lugosi. Mm-hmm. If you look at the Frankenstein monster, you can see Boris yep. Karloff's face under it. Lon Chaney's Wolfman, you really can't see him underneath it. No, you're right. You can't. You really can't tell it's him. Which I love when it comes to makeup. How much hair did they put on him? <laughs> I'm sure you probably get into some about that. I never could find like the actual amount. I wonder what kind of hair it was. Yak hair. Oh, it was yak hair? Yep. It wasn't like everyone just shaved their pubes on set, the cast and crew. Here yeah. you go, Lon. Yeah, no, it wasn't that sketch from uh, Jackass 2 or 3 or whichever one it Lon, was. Lon Chaney. Lon. That's his name, Lon. Lon Chaney. Lon. Yeah, L-O- what, what, what if L-O-N. The, what if his wife was like, hey, mow the lawn. And he'd be like, mow the what? Mow the lawn. Mow the what? You, you get where I'm coming from? No. God, what a hard life that must be. Must, wow. Lon. What a name. I'm sorry. I mean, it's L-O-N, not L-A-W-N. I know, but depending on where you're at, it can sound like Lon. See? Lon. 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 This is tough. I'm glad you're stuck on this. Hey, this is important. This is what matters, and this is what the the listeners are with me on. Okay, we're trying to get to the bottom of this. Lon. 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 You can keep going, because I'm sure everyone's turning off right now <laughs> i was wondering how long you're gonna go on with this like yak hair deep why yak hair because it was probably the most most coarse and probably worked the best i don't know where'd they find a yak where are, where are yaks i don't know jupiter <laughs> yes you know you know i hear jupiter has a problem with werewolves because it has a lot of moons. It has like 64 moons. I hear there's a horrible <laughs> werewolf problem on Jupiter. I'm so fucking proud of you for I, that joke. I've, I've heard of that before. <laughs> how, how many of them are full at once, though? Uh, I don't, could you imagine that, though? <laughs> Being on Jupiter and seeing 64 full moons? Be like, holy fuck. <laughs> Why hasn't that movie been made? Space werewolves. <laughs> Space wolves. Oh, dude, let's do it. Write the script. You got the program. Write the script right now. Oh, my God. Starring, I would say Lon Chaney, but I don't think you can. No, I don't feel like resurrecting his corpse. <laughs> Fuck yeah, space werewolves. I mean, there's already werewolves on wheels, which is about a motorcycle. What? It's a motorcycle gang that are werewolves back in the 70s. Okay, that's okay. I own that film. That just sounds kind of kind of killer. It, it's not It's not a bad film. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I'm um, trying to think. There's, I mean, there's all kinds of different werewolf films, but God, we need space wolves. Yes, we do need space wolves. <laughs> space werewolves. Oh, God. Astro wolves. Ooh. Or wolf knots, werewolf knots. No, I like astro wolves. That sounds intimidating. That sounds scary. That sounds people colonizing Jupiter and they're like, did you hear that weird sound? And they're like, oh, it's just the wind. Oh, it's the big red storm on Jupiter. No, it was howls. What sounds like howls are werewolves. Lupin knots. Lupin knots. Lichen knots. Oh. Okay, we need. <laughs> we, let's get back on track here. <laughs> okay, please do. <laughs> people are going to steal our ideas. Fucking assholes. <laughs> if I see space wolves in Hollywood in like five years, I'm coming after somebody. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm going to get with Anchor and Spotify and find out the analytics of whoever <laughs> listens. Find your IP addresses and I'm going to shove my fucking fist up each one of your assholes is what I'm going to do. <laughs> we don't condone violence. And I'm going to get a tattoo right on my arm that says, this means business. I'm going to shove it right <laughs> up your ass because this means business. <sighs> it was... Seadmik's writing that helped inspire much of the lore we see from werewolf films today, such as them turning after being bitten, the mark of the pentagram, and his writing helped popularize the idea that only Silver can kill them. Though, the first idea of Silver Bullets killing a quote-unquote werewolf actually goes as far back as the 1760s after the Beast of Gavondo was reportedly shot and killed with a Silver Bullet, which 
shameless plug, we did a whole episode on that. So go check out The Farthest Reaches. The Farthest Reaches. And our episode on The Beast of Javano. Please do. Such a good episode. It was a good episode. And everyone should have a counter on how many times you say Javaldon like that. Because you have to have that sexy French accent. Or you could also go oh, and okay. watch the uh, Brotherhood of the Wolf. Space Wolves? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So that's where that originated. What? The, the silver bullet idea. Yeah, I mean, it, well, it came, it was. Because I couldn't remember if it originated from that story or not. It, of course, like the Beast of Javaldon, like it pretty much helped popularize that idea. Like, I mean, people took that from inspiration because obviously we don't know exactly what happened. We just know that, I forget his name, but he's the one who shot it and yep. he, he just happened to have silver bullets and it actually killed the beast, whatever it was. So that's why people kind of just took that and um, Tiadmik kind of rewrote the mythos. Good. Good for him. I wonder if anyone out there wonders why werewolves are connected to the moon. Because the moon is lunacy, which is where we get the term lunatic. Probably, I would yeah. say. Because, I mean, yeah. you know, a lot of times you, you hear that when we have a full moon. We're like, oh, the crazies are out tonight. Mm-hmm. The lunatics are out. Yep. Space wolves. <laughs> With the script written and, and approved by Universal, it was time to bring on a director. Hell and yeah. Universal, Universal chose George Wagner, who had already worked with them before. Ooh. He had directed two films already made by the studio earlier in the year. Man-Made Monster, Horror Island, and The Wolfman would all release in 1941. So, okay, okay, so Wagner had a very busy year in the round before. Okay, so Horror Island sounds horrible. Horror Island sounds really fun. Which one did you say? Horror Island. I'm going to say that you said Horror Island. I want to find out where that's at. I want to get a plane ticket to there right now. That sounds pretty nice. It does sound nice. Horror Island. What do you think's there? Probably, <laughs> <An> island. <laughs> probably, probably a lot of boar. <laughs> Just a bunch of men. I'm like, oh fuck. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it never specified. Yeah, I know. God damn it. All right. Loopholes. Space wolves. Belagosi, who, if you've listened to our past episodes, you know, played Dracula. Or if you've been living under a rock and don't know who the hell Bella Lugosi is at all. Yeah, dummy. He originally wanted to play the part of the Wolfman, but instead would land a minor role in the film as the gypsy Bella, the original werewolf in the film. <laughs> Bella's wolf, however, appears as a typical four-legged creature, which I do love this. The German Shepherd that performed as Bella's Wolf yeah. was played by Lon Chaney Jr.'s own dog. Oh, yep. my God. That's so nice. So why was he an actual, like, dog? I get into it. Okay, well, one other thing real quick. Didn't we say Bella wanted to play or was come to first to play another role, but ultimately he, didn't? Who, he was that? almost played Frankenstein. That's monster. what it was. Yeah. Was that by his own doing? Like, did he really want to, but wasn't, or did someone reach out to him first? Well, he wanted to play Frankenstein's monster, but after the makeup test they did, Universal wasn't happy with it, and then it never was clearly specified if he and the director at the uh, time walked off or if they were fired. Okay, I gotcha, because you just said that he wanted to play Wolfman, but didn't. I was just wondering how many times this guy was like, gimme, 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 gimme. Yeah. And they were it's like, no, stop, sit down, Bella. <laughs> yeah, you know, he didn't get to be the titular Wolfman, but he did still get to be a werewolf. Okay. As a German Shepherd. <laughs> just saying, they could have done a space werewolf. They could have. I'm imagining a space werewolf just with a fucking, like, actual helmet and, like, a gun and whatnot. <laughs> just, like, fucking Star Troopers. 
I'm just, God, I have, yeah, I have so many visuals like going through my head and I kind of love it. <laughs> now, one thing I want to point out that I see a lot of people ask about, and obviously yeah. Matt just asked about, <laughs> is why does Bella's wolf appear as a four-legged beast while when Talbot changes, he's on his own two legs? Whoa. This reason goes back to the original plan for the film to be more of a psychological film where it's unclear if Larry Talbot actually transforms or if he's gone crazy. If he had been attacked by a two-legged werewolf, well, then that would confirm that werewolves did exist. Yeah. And it says the doctor said in the film, a man lost in the mazes of his mind can believe he's anything. So Hmm. they originally, like, they played with the idea that Bella's wolf, or Bella's, like, werewolf was, like, I mean, it wasn't actually a wolf, but obviously in this film, it actually was a werewolf. Lon Chaney's character was bit by a werewolf, but they still kind of played with the idea. They kind of make it seem... Was there an actual werewolf, or was it all in Talbot's mind? Oh, I see what they're alluding to. But in, all right, in, all right. in my the way that I also looked at it, kind of just my own theory, I kind of looked at it as maybe Bella Gosi's uh, character had been a werewolf for a long ass time, so he had the ability to fully transform into a wolf. But that's just how I kind of looked at it. Oh, that's actually a kind of neat theory. Yeah, because I know there are some instances where that's kind of a case too where like if you're an elder you have more abilities to change reminds me of like twilight they're just a gigantic wolf almost like a dire wolf yeah um it reminds me of um harry potter too is it the animagus i think because they have where you can turn into werewolves and they have like serious black that just turns into an actual wolf yeah i want to say animagus but i am i am by no means a uh harry potter fan so Don't come. Yeah, I have kill no idea. Um, but no, I kind of like your theory though. Like you just work your way up to become almost like a an elder, if you would. Yeah. Um, and just be like an actual wolf, which I would think I would want to rather be the bipedal yeah. form of it. But uh, no, I can see where you're coming from. But like I said, I mean that's not a canon theory. It's just no. an idea that kind of I've always thought about and kind of worked with me. But that's just me. Okay. When it came to the lead role. Known Western star at the time, Dick Foran, was originally... (laughs) Why? Why? (laughs) Dick Foran. That is such a porn star name. Dick Foran, whichever. It doesn't make it any better. I hope it's Foran. We are adults and professionals, Matt. Why did I know? As soon as I typed out his name, I was like, as soon as I say Dick, Matt's going to chuckle like a goddamn... I guarantee you chuckle at it, too. No, I didn't. Because it's a fucking name. You're probably like, Dick Foran... (laughs) Oh, God, Matthew. No, but I was like, God, as soon as I say Dick, Matt's going to be like, <laughs> It honestly wasn't too much that. It was the fact that his last name, if it is foreign, which I'm, it's who knows? F- it's F-O-R-A-N, so maybe Ferran. I'm going to say Ferran just to <laughs> fuck with you more. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, Dick Ferran was originally cast as Larry Talbot. Makes me think of Duran Duran now, thanks. <laughs> Hungry like a wolf. Hey, it works. Woo! Dick had made a name for himself, <laughs> God damn it, man. Dick had made a name for himself, I'm sure. (laughs) He had made a name for himself with the Universal, appearing in both The Mummy's Hand in 1940, playing the role of Steve Banning, and he would reprise that role again in 1942's The Mummy's Tomb. He would be replaced in The Wolf Band just one week before filming. I couldn't find anything on why he was actually replaced, though. I don't know if there's something happened with scheduling or what. But maybe he actually turned into a wolf himself and then they couldn't find him. I mean, it's possible. <laughs> yeah. 
Highly, highly possible. possible. I thought of it, so it's possible. Yeah. So I'm, that's what I'm here for. You have a very con- concrete theory. No <laughs> holes in it at all. <laughs> you know what? Thank you. We could put. I'm going. With- <laughs> we could put your theory in front of a fucking river, and it would not flood the town. <laughs> <laughs> Good to know. Good to know. <laughs> you won't have any like little children trying to have to like plug the dam with their finger. God, I feel like with my theory, that would be a lot of children. <laughs> a lot of children. Just a fucking army of children with their fingers in the hole. Like, oh God. And it just keeps coming. Just another plot hole after plot hole. And all of a sudden they're just drowned. Yeah, you fucked the town. The lead role would eventually go to Lon Chaney Jr., who, if you couldn't guess, was the son of legendary silent film actor Lon Chaney. What? No way. How? How? Well, yeah, when a mommy silent film and a daddy silent film love each other very much. Lawn. Hey, you. Now, it's important to note that Is he it? wasn't born a junior. His birth name was Creighton Toll Chaney. What happened? He wouldn't take the name Lon Chaney Jr. until 1935 after a producer said he should use it as a stage name to capitalize on his father's yeah, success. Yeah, I... I had a feeling that was what was coming. Before Lon Chaney's death in 1930 due to throat cancer, Creighton avoided the film industry and didn't want to live in the shadows of his father. Under his birth name, originally, Chaney would go on to begin acting in 1931 after his father passed. He starred in several pictures playing small and some lead roles before Universal signed him on to play the Wolfman. Chaney would go on to play the role in all five films that the Wolfman would go on to appear in, making him the only one out of the actors to play the same monster in all the sequels. Fuck yeah, dude. That's awesome. I would say he definitely created a shadow for himself. Yeah, he did. He did not stay in his father's at all. He was also similar with James Whale, similar to, um, oh God, why can't I think of the guy that played Henry Frankenstein all of a sudden? Um, Oh God. Yeah, his name's escaping me, but once again, alcoholism. (laughs) Lon Chaney suffered from it. Just oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were like, saying alcoholism to you, as in to why you forgot oh. those names. That's why I laughed. Now no. I feel like an asshole. <laughs> well, you are. Oh, Jesus Christ. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but no, I mean, he also suffered from alcoholism, so and that was one of the reasons why he tried to stay away from like the limelight, because, mm. I mean, we see it today where film stars struggle with substance abuse. Hey, why is it called limelight? I have no idea. Like, why lime? Why not, like, I don't know. Apple light. I don't know. Maybe the lights were made with some... Kiwi light. Kumquat light. I don't know. Use your fucking laptop and look it up. (gasps) Oh, God damn. It's right here. You're right. I could totally do that. Limelight name origin. Word origin. I'm going to do it. Along with Lon Chaney Jr., the film would also star returning Universal Monster star Claude Rains, who previously had played played the role of the Invisible Man. He would go on to play Talbot's father, Sir John Talbot. Warren Williams played Dr. Lord Ralph Bellamy as Colonel Montford and Maria. I'm gonna fuck this name up. Ospinskaya as Maliva and Evelyn Anchors played the part of Gwen Conley. I feel like you just hexed me. I uh, maybe I'm gonna die shortly. Well, what'd you do? <laughs> die shortly, so you're gonna die like my size. <laughs> <laughs> he died. He died shortly after. Oh my god! Like how soon? Oh no, no. He lived like 70 years <laughs> later, but he for some reason just died at five foot three. <laughs> <laughs> So did you find anything about limelight? Uh, yeah, so it says the lime in limelight has nothing to do with the green citrus fruit, but rather with a chemical compound, calcium oxide, also known as quicklime. 
I could go that makes, for, yeah, that further into it, but uh, I don't want to. Yeah, no, that makes sense. English inventor Goldsworthy Gurney. Holy hell, that's a name. Also pretty sure quicklime is used to pour on dead bodies. To make <laughs> I them, think it's quicklime. I think you're right. Yeah, to make them... Uh, Goldsworthy? That's his first name? Goldsworthy? Goldsworthy? Goldsworthy. How many times are we going to do that? Goldsworthy. We got Goldsworthy, we got Lawn, and we got... What was the fucking humble butt one in the last episode you're talking oh, about? Oh, God, I forget his name, but yeah. These people. What happened? What happened back then? <laughs> Where did you guys get your names from? Where did they go? A bunch of psychedelics and whatnot, fortune tellers. That way, if people naming their kids Daenerys, like, pfft, oh whatever. my god. <sighs> I wonder if people did that, like, they go to fortune tellers and they're going to have, like, a child. They're like, is it going to be a boy or a girl? And then they tell them, and maybe they'll ask, like, what's the name going to be? What are we going to decide? If that, was the, if that was the case, I would have so much fun just creating names for people. You know, nowadays people go to doctors and get ultrasounds. They don't have to go to fortune tellers. I know. <laughs> have you? But like, it's a it, lot cheaper. It is, but you don't get that weird, like creepy, like very distinct face of a baby now with the new technology. Have uh, you seen those? Like how before, like when people would get ultrasounds, you would have like this grainy ass photo where people were like, "Oh, look at the baby," and you're like, "There's a." Baby somewhere in yeah, there. Yeah, that I'm looks sure. like a McDonald's wrapper. What but, are you talking about? But now, you, like, you can very distinctly see like the baby's face, its features, its hands. It's fucking creepy. And it's like, hello, mom. Pretty much, it's terrifying. Birth me. <laughs> I want out. <laughs> yeah. Well, how did we get to babies? Oh, by my own fucked up doing. <laughs> uh, this episode's already a roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Is Six Flags open? <laughs> no, it's the middle of winter. Damn it. <laughs> Filming began on October 27th, 1941 and Ooh. lasted until November 25th. So just shy of a month-long shoot, which maybe right before Thanksgiving too. Which again, just a month-long shoot, so fucking mind-blowing to me. I know, it's unheard of now. Oh god, yeah. You like half the indie films that are made today don't they take longer than a month. Mm -hmm. I just yeah. Granted, <laughs> you look at those movies and you think not too much seems to go compared to now. Well, yeah, doesn't seem like much goes into it. But, but you got to still have all those sets to build, the costuming, oh, yeah. the makeup. Like it's still a lot. Yeah, because I mean, the things that take because all these sets, like you know, where most sets a lot of times now, especially like background scenes, are all CGI'd. Like they had to make these sets. Like they made the whole forest. Well, yeah, you're right. I mean, the things that we do today that's hard is what they had to do back then that was hard yeah. because it's like oh look we got technology now that would have made their lives easier mm -hmm. sure but we still have these incredible heights to reach when it comes to making these movies which obviously they did too back then and hell even sometimes making music videos takes longer than a month like oh my god it's just insane dude when, when i was in the band just doing a photo shoot drained the fuck out of me well and like okay so here's another thing that also blows my mind is like this movie like they wrapped up filming november 25th this movie released in December. Like, the fuck? It's just, it's mind-blowing how I, fast these films got turned around. I, oh, God damn, dude, two months. That's it. That's insane. Yeah, they're like, oh, well, let's make a movie. Okay, well, let's in theaters. I feel like every time you tell me a statistic like that, it's just going to blow my mind. Yeah. Trust me, every time I've learned about it, I'm like, what? Because, I mean, it's like I always say, I think I've said it in every episode, we have movies today that... A lot of the movies that we are seeing in theaters, they wrapped filming months ago. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Um, hell, you can almost tell like it is now because you, you could watch something that was recorded 
shit last year and you can see people right next to each other no mask and whatnot but then the next season you'll see people will be wearing masks like like a, a, a reality show or something like that. yeah people will probably be like six feet apart or something like that it's like jesus christ how long ago did you guys make this yep. but yeah that I, i'm sure every time you write write it on your outline you're probably just like good lord yeah this one really t- took me by surprise because i feel i think this might be the shortest turnaround like just a Maybe. month filming and then like not even a month after wrapping filming gets out. It blows your mind, and in order to piece your mind back together, you have to scroll up and then go, <laughs> Dick Foreign. Yes. <laughs> Space Wolves. Now, as I mentioned, I mentioned the Foggy Forest scene, or the, the set earlier. Uh-huh. So the Foggy Forest set, where much of the film takes place, actually ended up being one of Universal's biggest indoor sets ever built. Hmm. It took up an entire soundstage on the studio's back lot. That sounds big. Oh, yeah, it's fucking massive. <laughs> I bet they used dry ice for the fog. Probably. Or they just had someone with, like, a paper bag run out into the fucking streets and actually capture fog. I guarantee <laughs> they used dry ice because there is a story that I tell earlier, a little bit later where the fumes cause somebody to pass out. Oh. Uh, and dry ice fog can do that. The fumes, no shit. Yeah. Oh, well, that and then some of the other, like, different, like, fog machines that we have now. Like, if you're in those fumes for too long, they can definitely fuck with you. Oh, shit. Thank God I didn't pass out on stage. Yeah. <laughs> That'd have been nice. Mid-solo. <laughs> oh, wh- oh, where's he going? <laughs> <laughs> a nice little tie to the work of a father and his son. The church scenes were actually filmed using the same set from Hunchback of Notre Dame where Lon Chaney played Quasimodo in 1923. Hell yeah. There was also a silent film actor by the name of Gibson Goland who played a villager who appears at the end of the film during Talbot's death scene. This same actor played a villager who was present during the death of the Phantom in 1925, making mm-hmm. him the only actor to be present during the filmed, the filmed deaths of characters played by Lon Chaney and Lon Chaney Jr. Freaky, man. That could be a conspiracy. It could. But it was, that was like a little detail that I thought was really interesting. Cause, I, I like mean, it. You gotta think, I mean, God... Fan of the opera, 1925, this film, 1941, like... Phew, God, so long ago. It, it is, but in the same realm, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like, God, what year is the episode that we're doing for The Farthest Reaches take, <clears throat> like, take place right now? Like, All at Pierre Reese? Yeah. Oh, uh, technically, it was... Well, it was found in, like, 1920, 1920 three or so but the map like, was like made 1513 yeah that's a long time <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so another fun little connection is in this film claude rains portrays lon cheney's on-screen father rains would go on to play the phantom in the phantom of the opera remake in 1943 meaning both cheney's actual father and on-screen father both played the phantom oh i like that when it came to becoming the Wolfman, Jack Pierce reused an old design that he had originally made for the werewolf, werewolf in London. Mm. Originally, um, so he made this piece for that film, but the actor didn't think it made sense because in the film, uh, Werewolf in London, two people are supposed to recognize him as a werewolf. So having that heavy of prosthetic work didn't really make sense for the film. Okay. So like, if you look up like the werewolf in... Um, werewolf in london is very much a like it's still heavily like modified face but it's very clearly like you could still see who's underneath it oh okay i gotcha pierce used a rubber nose grease paint and yak hair applied with spirit gum to create the wolf spirit gum again yep all spirit gum still used today 
That's what I use a lot for like the prosthetics that I use for really? cosplay. Yep. Because I know we talked about gum on the. Uh... <laughs> it's not actual gum that you that you're thinking of. Oh. Yeah, spirit gum. It's essentially what the fuck. Yeah, it's spirit gum. It's essentially like a. Um, I don't like. I don't know if it's exactly how it is was back then, but like the kind I use now. It's essentially like a clear liquid. Yeah. That it essentially glue that you use like a little brush and you can rub on and it once it dries, it's you can stick stuff to it and it holds. Oh my god, that is spirit gum, not the literal spirit gum. Yeah, no. God damn it. That's what I've been thinking this whole time. All the way back to TFR <laughs> when we did Theta Barra. You thought they were just chewing up gum and just sticking it to her? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> what else would I, I don't know anything about movies and here I am talking about spirit gum of course I'm gonna think it's gum oh god oh my god my world has been turned upside down I don't think I can do this it's been a good run appreciate all your hard work I'm gonna go kill myself <laughs> okay I'll, toodaloo I'll, I'll tell your wife all I'm gonna do right in front of her <laughs> okay. So she's, wow. tra- so she's traumatized for the rest of her life, oh, and then she has to go into uh, a psychiatric ward. Wow. Okay. This took a turn. Hey, I'm looking out after her. Okay. Okay. Well, let's get it to a brighter note because, <laughs> goddamn, you took it down a dark path. <laughs> I try to get to the brightest note possible. I have every fucking light on in this room and the windows open, and it's still like a total of three watts. You don't have that light on. Oh, f- <laughs> fuck me. <laughs> go on. The entire makeup process reportedly took. Five to six hours to apply and an hour to remove. For Jesus. The, for the transformation scenes, Cheney Jr. would have to be still while several feet of film were shot. And then once they were done, he would return to Pierce, who would apply more hair. Cheney would go back to set and repeat the process. So that's why, like, the scenes, like, where his feet start gradually growing, yeah. like, that dissolve. It's essentially he would have to film a little bit, run, run to makeup, get more hair added, run go back to the scene, make sure he was in the same position, film it again, just an hour-long process. And that's how they did a whole bunch of that stuff. Oh, God, yeah. And um, talking about the makeup process, like actually just to get in character if you're, like, say, Frankenstein. Mm -hmm. God, that sounds so painstaking. Oh, God, yeah. Even today, I'm sure it's the same way for the most part. I I mean, makeup today, I mean, it doesn't, like, well, there are some cases where it still takes hours upon hours, but it's... I don't feel like they don't have these processes where it takes like six to seven hours. I mean, I could totally be wrong, but yeah. Remember the show? It might still be on, but Face Off. Yeah, yeah, it was on. Not the Nicolas Cage movie. Yeah, no. Uh, but it was on Sci Fi. Um, no, I I love that show oh, for God, the longest yeah. time. It was so fun watching mm-hmm. them create those. I got to meet a handful of people from that show. I remember you mm-hmm. i think you posted something on facebook years ago yeah maybe somebody I met, at a con i met three of the contestants off one of the seasons and then i actually met uh glenn oh god i can't think of his name but the one judge of, yeah the judge with all the tattoos the one that looks t- terrifying yeah and yeah. i actually got was uh, told a funny story about him from a buddy of mine should i tell it <laughs> it's up to you buddy fuck it um so obviously you know that i've um, when I used to do all my music shit, I became friends with uh, members of Let's Good. Yep. Right. So, uh, Argyle Goolsby, the bassist and one of the singers from Blitz Kid, he has his own like solo project that he does, and we had him performing at Whorehound. And at that same Whorehound, Glenn was one of the guests because it was uh, I think it was one of the indie shows where we had like Mask Fest, which is like a 
pretty much like mask makers and people who do different makeups pretty much selling masks cool. and all that. It's so fucking rad. Um, but he was there as a guest and uh, I was walking around with Goolsby and he starts telling me the story because uh, Goolsby actually played um, bass for Gorgeous Frankenstein, which was the other band from, uh, oh God, Doyle from Misfits band. And he was telling me a story about how they were on tour and they were on the tour bus. And I guess Glenn is friends with Doyle, but Goolsby had no idea who the hell this guy was. And he said Glenn was like coming up on the toy bus and he had no idea where he was. So he just put his foot in his chest and just kicked him out. Oh, <laughs> oh no shit. Yeah, he was telling me that story of one of, as we were walking around. I was like, fuck, fucking hilarious. Good. But yeah, no, Glenn looks like he would fuck you up. He looks like if you give him a Snickers bar, it would have the exact opposite effect. <laughs> like he would just get angrier. Yeah. I don't know what it is about people named Glenn that they just have to be like super muscular and just look terrifying because between him and Glenn Danzig, Oh, no shit. I forgot about Glenn Danzig yeah, for a second. Glenn Danzig's my height. Even though, like, I think there's a video of him getting, like, knocked the fuck out by someone that's even shorter oh, than you. Yeah. He's oh, just yeah. like, fuck you, dude. Did you know Glenn's my height? Danzig? Yeah. He's a short motherfucker. Oh, my God. I think he might be, like, 5'4". My mind is being blown all over this room today. I don't know if I can take it. Glenn Danzig is 5'3". He is what? my height. He, there was originally, uh, when they were first starting to film X-Men, there was a high possibility that he was going to be Wolverine because in the comics, Wolverine is 5'3". Uh, <laughs> son of a bitch. I could be Wolverine. <laughs> um, maybe. Start working out. You're saying I'm a fit? I mean, you're a lot fitter than me. <laughs> I weighed myself the other day, and I weighed myself in the morning. Did you so weigh yourself like, after... Your wife guessed your weight on their other podcast? No, I don't oh. I don't know what it was. I don't know if I woke up and thought, man, I feel extra fat today <laughs> or what happened. But I decided to weigh myself. And it was in the morning. I had like no clothes on, no extra weight. You know, my food was digested. I wasn't bloated. And I got on there. And I'll be damned if a tear didn't <laughs> shed from my eye oh, no. as I read 278. Damn. Damn is right. Okay, but let's be fair. How tall are you? 6'4". That has a... Close to, to, close to six five. See, that has a lot. That has a lot to do with it. Because if you're six five and my weight, which is one forty, you would be skinny as fuck. That's how I was fucking ten years ago. Oh, I remember when I. Oh god, yeah, when a, we first a good, met. a good wind come by, I'm gone. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I God, and I'm one of those people that sits there on the couch and like my fucking chin's folded into my neck and my <laughs> chest and then whatnot, and I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> You're essentially like the human version of a fucking pug. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like, make me craft mac and cheese. <laughs> What's the show about? I know. What were you we talking about, Wolfman? This is the Glenn Danzig podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Mother, I'll tell your children not to walk my way. What's with the father? Where's he at? Uh, who knows? Yeah, exactly. I'm sure Glenn doesn't. So, going back to the makeup process, because okay. that's where we were talking about before we went on a fucking, like, side <laughs> path. So, we were talking about the, um, how long it took some of these, like, makeup processes yep. to take and how long it took to film. So, the ending scene where Talbot, Talbot, fuck. I, Who? What? <laughs> where, when, and why? The ending scene where Talbot turns the normal form from the wolf, it took 17 different face shots to form the dissolve. It's reported this scene took damn near 21 hours to fully achieve. I would quit. I would fucking quit. <laughs> I don't know if I could do that. 21 hours of constantly 
laying on the ground, filming a little bit, getting up, going to fucking Jack Pierce, adding a little bit more hair, going back, doing that, blah, 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 back and forth, back and forth. See, forth. I feel like I would rather have Jack Pierce come out to me to put the hair on. That way I could almost like stay sort of in the same. You, yeah, you would think. I don't of course, know. for 21 hours. <laughs> no. Yeah. That's, uh-uh, nope. Goddamn. Yeah, 21 hours of just that process just insane to me. But you did it for the greater good of mankind. And it is a great scene. It is a great scene. I mean, it's a very, like, a touching scene because, you know, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen this film, that you should probably have already turned this off and yeah. watched the film first. Dummy. But, um, obviously, the ending is when John Talbert, Claude Rains' character, is fighting with the Wolfman, not knowing who it is, kills him with the silver can. Oh, and then like the real like the realization on his face when he realizes that oh it's my fucking son. Yeah. He's like, hot damn. How about that? Just that, that was exact subtitles. Oh, was it? Yeah, uh, the I version have, I had. I must have missed that one. <laughs> I, you I, you had my copy. <laughs> what? No, I bought that one from moviebuffsforever.com. <laughs> oh, did you? <laughs> yeah. So while off set, Channing Jr. was said to have had a lot of fun while in full makeup at the expense of Evelyn Anchors. Oh, well, hell yeah, I would too. Just like Ryan Reynolds when he has when he's in Deadpool. Yep. He liked to sneak up on her and scare her while in full Wolfman form. From all reports, Anchors didn't have the best of times on set. <laughs> with Chaney constantly scaring her, there was also a deleted scene where the Wolfman was supposed to wrestle with a bear, but it what broke the- off its chain and chased Anchors up into the soundstage rafters where she had to be rescued by an electrician. Uh, okay. <laughs> there was possibility of a scene where the Wolfman fights a bear. Yep. I think it had to, like, in the gypsy camp. Like, so they had a bear on set with the trainer, and apparently the bear broke free from the trainer. Wow, good trainer. And chased Evelyn, and then I think the bear just ran off. <laughs> oh, my God. That poor woman being chased by a bear and a werewolf. Jesus Christ. Right? Like, I'm oh like, my God. Oh, she, she okay? Well, <laughs> there was also a scene where oh, she was fuck's sake. <laughs> where she was supposed to faint and fall into the foggy forest floor. While there, the fumes from the fog were so strong they caused her to pass out. This fucking poor woman. The film crew were so focused on other parts of the scene they hadn't <laughs> noticed, and she remained on the ground until a studio technician found her. <laughs> Some guy way off the distance. Hey, is she okay? <laughs> like I just imagine them like being like, "All right, Evelyn, we need you back on set." Someone just Evelyn, walks up to her and pokes with a stick. Ev- you doing all right? Evelyn, where the fuck is she? And the technician's like, oh, she's still down there in the fog. Oh, my God. Yeah, this poor woman. <sighs> she apparently just did not have fun. And one apparently, um, Lon Chaney uh, Jr. was also, like, just had fun uh, scaring her because she was given his dressing room because, I guess, he had vandalized part of, like, something with the studio during a drunken fit, like a drunken fit. Really? So they were like essentially punishing him by giving him a smaller uh, dressing room. <laughs> so I guess that was part of the reason why he was just like, well, I guess I'm going to fuck with her now. It's like, no. But he, hey, she stuck it through the end. She did. So good So good for her. I'm glad. And I mean, she played a good role. She did. She did. Um, Even though she's dude. the reason her friend got killed. But... <laughs> Scaring people is so fun. I would totally be like Lon. Oh, God, yeah. I would scare the fuck out of everybody. And I will say, I'm excited to post a couple of the pictures from the behind the scenes because there is a scene, like one of my favorite pictures. I mean, I use this as like my cover photo on Facebook for a while, but it's where uh, Lon Chaney's in full makeup form and he's like laying on, like uh, sleeping on his dog, like using it as a pillow. 
Aww. It's such a fucking cute scene. That melts my heart. It's such a cute picture, right but I, I will definitely post that picture and I'll show you to it after we record. Yay, cool. With the production wrapping up on November 25th, 1941, it was set to release on December 12th. Holy fuck. Just two weeks after? Yep. Now, those that know anything of history know that December of 1941 held an important moment in American history. Or three weeks after. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Uh, yes, it did. Yep. On December, December 7th, 1941, just before 8 a.m., no. the impertinent... <laughs> oh, God, Jesus fucking Christ. Should be laughing. <laughs> Reenactment. The Imperial Japanese Navy would launch their surprise attack on Pearl Harbor in Honolulu, Hawaii, which resulted in the death of 2,403 Americans, 68 of those being civilians. This was also one of the key moments that sent the U.S. into World War II. Yeah, I know my reenactment <laughs> wasn't that great. Okay, it's really hard to do over 2,000 voices right then, but hey, give me a break. Universal had originally planned for The Wolfman to be part of a double billing with The Mad Doctor of Market Street, another horror film by Universal, but they were afraid that the audience would avoid an all-horror showing so soon after the attack on Pearl Harbor. However, even with Pearl Harbor happening in December of 1941, The Wolfman would go on to be one of Universal's top-grossing films of 1942, but I couldn't actually find any information on how much the film actually made. Oh, really? Yeah, there was like no... Info on like just the like gross of the film, just the budget, huh? Maybe it was just that bad. They didn't want to show it. Apparently, maybe I can't believe. Yeah, December seventh, they're like, oh, we shouldn't do this, and then someone said, ah, fuck them. Five five days later, here you go. (laughs) Right, like I mean, that's just really bad timing. Like, (sighs) not for the movies part. No, I blame it on Japan. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, fuck, man, could have had more. There could have been 2,000 more people seeing that movie, but nope. Yes, it's true. <laughs> now, the as most of the uh, Universal Monster films was, The Wolfman obviously being one of the top grossing films, it was met with high praise throughout, and it still stands as a pretty legendary movie in its own right today. But, I mean, it, and it is funny because, um, you know, there are several other sequels. And it, it's kind of weird because obviously... Wolfman dies in this one. Mm-hmm. How's he come back in the sequel? <gasps> oh, he's brought back to life. He is resurrected. Seriously? Yep. Oh. And I think it's Wolfman versus Frankenstein or Frankenstein versus Wolfman mm. or meets the Wolfman or something like that. I think you're right. I think I, I saw that. Frankenstein meets the Wolfman. Is it like just a meet and greet? Yeah, yeah. They walk up. They're at like they're at like Comic Con, and oh, they're just they're like, like walking up, someplace. like, "Oh, hey, it's really nice to meet you all. That'll be fifty bucks to Pick take a little, photo with me." Little name tags, put yeah. it on there. Frank, <laughs> Wolf. <laughs> yeah, it's actually, but yeah, it's been a long time since I've watched that film. But yeah, Wolfman gets resurrected. Like they dig up his grave, and he gets resurrected and brought back to life. So technically, in the realm of Universal, what? after that film, he is part of the undead. What the hell? Do you know how he's resurrected? I honestly can't remember. But yeah, it's just movies got weird. <laughs> uh, yeah, the Wolfman did also see a remake of its own back in 2010, directed by Joe Johnston and starring Benicio del Toro as Joe Larry... Jorgensen. No, <laughs> Joe Johnston. It'd been better. Mm, I don't know about that. And it starred Benicio del Toro as Larry Talbot 
Anthony Hopkins as his father, Sir John Talbot, and Emily Blunt as Gwen. The film follows the same basic idea with some parts heavily altered, such as the ending, where it's like the fight that uh, between Lon and Lon Chaney's character. And Claude. Yeah. That fight in the remake, there's so much more action in it. (laughs) Well, hell yeah. In the remake, he wasn't just a, a fucking creep when it came to women, was he? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so either. I don't think I, I will say the casting of Benicio del Toro is kind of perfect because he has a resemblance to Lon Chaney. And that is one actor that goes under my radar all the time. But when I see him, whether it's in like a main role or a supporting role, I'm like, this fucker's oh, dude, good. He's such a great actor. And he he's in a lot of stuff. Just people he's under underrated under, in my under, opinion. Yeah, exactly. I about said underestimated, but yeah, underrated. And I will say as someone who typically finds horror remakes Hit or miss. Like, very forgettable. Mm. I really enjoyed the remake for The Wolfman. I did, too. I really did. Especially for 2010. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's brutal. There's a lot more gore. Man, the scene we're in the court. That's all I think about. That transformation scene. Oh, I know. So So wrecked. Like, that honestly is one of my favorite transformation scenes as far as werewolf films. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you have American Werewolf in London, which is a classic just has because to be on the list just because of the fucking special effects of the time and i mean most films it's oh they fell behind a table and up oh, they raised up and now they're a wolf like yeah. uh dog soldiers but dog soldier still has the best werewolf <sighs> yeah, look it does oh god when that when that one's just <laughs> standing there towering oh, over him in the living room yep while he's sitting there what is his legs like broken or something like that oh, or, no he no, had he's his shot fuck, yeah he had it anyway, he, no yeah, he's yeah. ripped his yeah, entrails are out yeah i'm just out. like uh-oh <laughs> got up yeah we have to cover that movie what are you gonna do yeah we, we have to cover that movie i mean it's one of the few movies where somebody goes fucking toe-to-toe and punches a goddamn werewolf is that when they were like upstairs in that little room is that where they punch it no it was spoon who was down in the kitchen Oh, yeah. oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He got in the fist fight and fucking, I love it just because he punches it and the one fang just goes flying. <laughs> I love when people punch abominations, monsters, creatures, whatever in movies. Yep. Like, it's such, I don't know, like, you never think about it. Oh, my favorite is, I think it's Jason Takes Manhattan. We fucking just, like, guy just says fuck it and goes to fight Jason and Jason just uppercuts him and his head pops off. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so that is our... That is the Wolfman. Yes, I'm proud of you. Thank you. Yeah, that is our wrap-up on the Wolfman. Matt, what did you think? Um, I thought there was a lot of shenanigans going on in this episode. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, yeah, the prayer being invented by the guy himself. Um, Oh, God, the poor woman. (laughs) Yeah, poor poor Evelyn Anchors. Star of the show was the bear. That didn't appear on the film, but I'm pissed about if, that. If you fi- if you can find the actual trailer, the, that scene does appear in the trailer. I'm so pissed about that. I would have loved to seen a fucking bear. I would have too. Hell yeah! But no, there were some interesting facts. Well, good. I'm I, glad. I really did like it. Um, and the fact I, that the wolf that he fights is actually his dog. Yeah, made me that, so happy. That's so cute. Actually, I want to pull up this picture because I want to have your reaction. Okay. On. Okay. Yeah. When anything con- concerns a dog, I'm just like, oh. So innocent. This picture. Ooh, here we go. 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 Uh-huh. 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 I'm getting winded. <laughs> I don't know why it's not wanting to pull up full screen. I need my first aid kit. It's just a 10-piece nugget. <laughs> 
Oh, dude, that looks like a is that a drawing? That's like a drawing. No, that's an actual picture. Whoa. I don't know what it is about. Like, I get the feeling of like, I don't know, like like, like peacefulness and, and, and ease of mind because it's, oh, it's, yeah. it's nice. It's uh, uh, obviously sentimental to him and whatnot. But like, I don't know, there's something odd about it I get too. I don't know. Is it the I don't fact that that's is. the dog that he kills and beats with a cane in the movie? <laughs> Maybe. I'm not sure, but I love that picture. I do too. It's absolutely such, love it's that such picture. A great picture. It just kind of goes to show, like just like the resting of yeah behind I, the scenes. I, know. I get like an ominous feeling with it too. Like the the right way of nature doing it is the dog, and then the wrong way is the wolf have, man. Like. Oh, the lady that, some, that, some that of the passed pictures. out and got hit by, <laughs> yeah. or attacked by a bear. Them actually having a little bit of fun off screen. <laughs> <laughs> and then I love this other picture with Jack Pierce. Man, I love it when uh, actors and actresses really embrace their characters. Oh, God, man. Me God, too. it makes it so much better. That one I, I've seen yeah, quite a bit. I love that picture. Oh, and I'll definitely post all these pictures on our social media and all that. So God, you guys can you, see you, them too. People might know. Really prefer when somebody transforms into a bipedal actual wolf instead of a man that just gets a bunch of hair like spirit gummed to him. Uh, but you gotta appreciate the work they put into that because that oh, honestly absolutely. looks fantastic. Yep, and it's just crazy to think that it's all just a black yak hair uh, <laughs> applied just in layers with the fucking rubber nose and a couple wigs. I wonder if they just found a yak at like a museum or museum, a zoo, and just like shaved it completely or what they did. Uh, yeah, we're going to have to uh, buy your yak so we can just uh, shave its hair. <laughs> um, they're like, oh, yeah, sure, that's fine. $5 a gram. I'm also pulling up a picture of spirit gum so you can have a visual representation oh, of what the fuck God. it looks like. Thank you, Jesus. So it's literally just comes in a jar and you can apply it. Holy shit. Yep. Matt. Adhesive. <laughs> what? That's my name. So yeah. Ben you, Nye. Almost like Bill Nye. So now you know. Obviously, if anybody that is listening to this that I know through the cosplay scene, you are very familiar what spirit gum is. And I'm not. Yep, apparently not. Matt I am just now. thought we were chewing. I thought it was literally fucking gum. <laughs> Matt thought they were just chewing up fucking gum backstage and we were just yes. sticking it to people. <laughs> yes. I literally thought that. Oh. God, yeah. who's the dummy now? You're so like like Frankenstein and Van Helsing. You're so Who's pretty. the monster here? Now it's like me. Who's the dummy here? You know, I I, I want to <laughs> actually. You know what? I want somebody to tell, like, to go through these episodes and oh, make a fuck poll. Me. What movie does Matt reference most? Is it <laughs> Princess Pr- Diaries? Yeah, is it Princess Diaries or Van Helsing throughout these episodes? Because I'm unsure at this point. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna say Van Helsing. Uh, probably because there are a couple episodes like there's like at least two episodes you didn't this being one of them and the invisible man you didn't mention princess Princess iris and i'm proud of you yeah yeah just didn't feel right you know couldn't make any connections fuck no the the invisible man could have been on that set the entire time you wouldn't have known it (laughs) (laughs) that's true that's true true. maybe one of them were a princess oh maybe Mm -hmm. well do you think that about does it I think that does. I think that about wraps it up. And we I'll have be one more to do for our Universal Monster Another series. great episode by a pair of perfect podcasters. Yes. We do nothing wrong. Professionals. God damn, look at us go. But yeah, our next episode will be Creature from the Black Lagoon. And I'm so excited because I rewatched that movie last night. And uh, it's still one of my favorites. 1954? Yep. Cool, cool. All right, man. So yeah, anybody, uh, if you enjoyed the episode... 
We're glad. Yeah. And you. if you want to reach us at uh, the Dissectors Cut Podcast at gmail.com or the Dissectors Cut on the farthest reach. Oh, God. Look at me go. Thanks, Josh. It's contagious. <laughs> Fuck me. The Dissectors Cut on Facebook, on Instagram, TDC Pod Official on Twitter. You got any cool, you know, information on any of these movies we covered or any movie for that matter? God, Doesn't follow matter. Follow us on social media. Follow us on social media. If you listen to. On any form that you can like leave us a review, do it because that helps. Do. Please, please five stars to, only. Yeah, please Fuck go. your four stars. <laughs> please go to iTunes. Please rate us. That's how we can make it to the front page. Even, even if you don't have Apple, make an iTunes account just for us. That would be huge. That would be very huge. And I will show you something huge in put your belly put your belly away. To that my they, ass. They well, no, my ass it. isn't big. Yeah, no, it's not. You have a Hank Hill ass. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> keeps reminding me. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, um, you guys know the drill. Stay safe, stay healthy, stay spooky. Yep. Stay sexy. Watch movies. Stay sexy, please. Yes. You're all beautiful. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'm Josh. And I am no one else but Matthew. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye.